Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday based on the song selections. We're supposed to guess what the theme of the day is. And my man, Harge, um, hit it on the head. Ozzy Osbourne's birthday Ozzy. coming up. How old is Ozzy going to be? Do we know? I don't know. We don't know? I want to say 73, I saw. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's getting Ooh. up there. Ozzy is yeah. getting up there. Uh, I'm surprised right. he's still alive, to be quite honest with you, because Ozzy was one of those dudes that was – he was he took rock and roll to a whole new level. Got he was part it. of that group. He had to live it. Yeah. He had to live it too. He's like, I you gotta make mean? sure I tell you what it's all about. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, he's uh, seventy three right 73? now. Yeah. Okay. His birthday is December the third. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there you go. So Ozzy Osbourne will be celebrating his birthday officially on Saturday, but he is the focus of New Theme Thursday. Shout out to my man Patrick, who is down uh, at the mood, the mood, getting ready for the Texas basketball game. Big matchup tonight versus Creighton. We'll get back to that preview um, coming up a little bit later on at the top of the 5 o'clock. We're off early at 5.30 because we're going to start our Texas basketball pregame a little bit early, so you want to stick around for that. You can always be a part of the show on the Specs Text Line. the best way to do it. 512 Three three seven three seven seven six. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis, and Corey is at Ooh, is it Corey Gidry Eleven? Yes. Oh, yeah. nice. That's uh, my uh, high school number when I was, you know, Cole Beasley, Julian Edelman back <laughs> oh, in the day. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hold on, hold on, guys. Now we got to get some it. more details. Yeah. Okay, who who'd you play for? Uh, Needleland High School. That's uh, oh yeah, Southeast Texas. Yeah. Fort Nature's Groves rival who they just beat LBJ. So some of the Austin people might know them from that. But there you go. Rashawn Johnson went there. So okay. Yeah, he did. Oh wow. That's right. All right. That's right. There you go. Then. Oh, I like that. Still, still representing the football number. I no, like football it. numbers are sacred to people. I know. Always. If you basically know somebody's football number, you probably know most of their past codes and at least some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Have dudes, some sort of number. Oh yeah. A dude's, uh, a dude's yeah. will lose that football number forever. Yeah. The key is you got to know which one. He used like, <laughs> use the middle school one, yeah. or the high school one, and like change numbers and I stuff. Like that. But you like hard. You played all the way up until the pros. Um, man, he had like eighteen numbers. <laughs> they were like, I don't know what he uses. Football yeah. number, baseball number, yeah. high school, college, hoops. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, he didn't go to college. He went straight to the yeah. league. Straight That's to right. the league. Straight to the league. Uh, but still, my man Hart's played for a long time, so he had multiple numbers, too. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, thanks to my man Corey, who's back 
their twisting and tweaking dials. Let's start some start with some Texas football discussion because um, there are two stories that we got to get to. The first uh, is the get back to the Tom Herman story. For those who haven't yep. heard, uh, we were gossiping about our ex a little bit earlier because uh, Tom Herman was just hired, or at least it was reported that he was just hired uh, to be the new head coach at Florida Atlantic, the Florida Atlantic Owls. Very strange that he's coached at two places <laughs> with Owls as mascots. Uh, <laughs> and very also very strange that Harge thinks that an owl makes a howling noise for some reason. I don't know why that is. Uh, <laughs> Neither does Harge. That is a that's a weird owl, man. I, I see an owl make that noise. I'm running other direction, sprinting in other direction. He's been through some things. <laughs> right, that's a wild owl right there. Um, but yeah, so he he got the job, and we just learned too, thanks to a text on the Specs text line. Shout out to you guys, always keeping us on our toes. That uh, Todd Orlando was the interim coach there. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had just started there as a D.C. in 2022. Um, so he might have been the one who recommended yep. uh, Tom Herman. Yeah. There. Uh, but I always said I think Tom Herman is – there's a good football coach in Tom Herman. He's not a program builder. He's not a rela- – he wasn't. He yep. wasn't a relationship guy. I don't know what he is now, but he wasn't at the time. He didn't value relationships, whether that be with – Parents or high school coaches or recruits or boosters or donors or, I mean, even hell, CDC, other coaches threw him under the bus. I mean, they, which we had never seen. Right. Other coaches who threw him under the bus about the eyes of Texas. Yeah. It was, that was wild. Yeah, it was one of those things that, that was, was like, it was ah, like you might what? need to go, bro. Man, yeah. you ain't never seen nothing like that. No, nah, because it's uh, normally united on the coaches. You front. our coaches are like, nah, yeah. I ain't got that. Ain't, yeah. I ain't going there, man. Because uh, yeah. it's kind of a, a fraternity, right? Nope, they threw they threw Tom right under the bus, and CDC didn't like him. So by the time he left, there were no allies. He had no alliances. He'll leave in his own locker room. There, there were no guys coming out of the locker room saying, you know what, Tom Herman's my guy, right? Remember right. when Charlie Strong was about to be fired? Guys were about to protest. They were, we love Charlie. Yeah. They were threatening to protest. It's like, yeah. it's Charlie Strong that we love Charlie. What's yeah. love got to do with it? Go yeah. win a damn game. <laughs> the hell are you talking about? What's you love, love him. got to do with hell, it? You don't play like you love him. Yeah. You play like you hate that man because he's about to get fired. Yeah. So that, you didn't get that with Tom Herman, though. None of the players were out there on social media talking about how much they love Tom Herman. Nope. Yep. They were like, keep it moving. Keep, yeah, we're on to the next. So he just didn't value relationships. I think now he probably learned that lesson. And ultimately, yeah, now you can you can give the double bird at FAU. Yeah. You can you can you know headbutt players at FAU, kiss them, all that stuff, and it won't be a big deal. You can go, you can mock other players, and you know, yeah, whatever he was, yep, yep. Uh, the bag. I forgot. Yeah, what that was, was securing that, the bag. That was Drew Lock. That was Drew Lock. That was Drew Lock. That's Missouri. a great thing. Yes, that right. was Drew Lock. Oh, that was Drew Lock. Oh, dude, oh yeah. that's a, I, that, I don't know why that detail escaped me, yeah. but you're right. That was that, that was Drew Lock. That was a good win, though. I, oh. We all we all were hype about that win, not yeah. hype enough to mock the opposing quarterback yep. as the head coach at Texas. No doubt. But that behavior and that that's unbecoming of a head coach at Texas. But at FAU, man, no, you go viral with that. Yep. Go ahead for sure. And so, everybody's going, oh, he's so cool. He's Look so cool, him, man. Now. He loves his place. Yeah, man. He's back to himself. He loves it. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't mind. I, yeah. I, I think he's I'm a happy good football for coach. him. I think he is a good football coach, and he's got a new opportunity to go out there and try to build up some more credit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he's trying to build his credit report back up and make <laughs> some things happen, man. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to go back to the hey. bottom and be like, all right, you know, I got to pay this bill off. Um, my my credit score is getting higher. 
You know, I'm paying yep. this off. Got that debt taken care of. Now I'm back in the game. I baby can steps. get me a new house. Baby step. I baby. can get that new house. Yeah, you're right. I can call Sam, dude. Huh? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Boom. <laughs> got to get him in there. I like that. Hard just putting him in there, man. You're getting added value gotta, with this man. Come Hard. on, baby. Uh, let me. You know what? You know what he needs to do, though? Man, you know what he's what he needs to do right after this. Cause I don't know how, what his aspirations are, but I believe you. I think he's trying to rebuild his kind of coaching image and credibility, if you will. Um, I do think that he needs to get out of there quickly, though. Oh yeah, don't stay there forever. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I'm, I'm no, sad. I'm gonna stay there for two years. That's three, it. three, two to two, two years, years yeah. is probably where you want we want to be. You stay there longer than that. And, but I got to see what that cupboard looks like because Charlie told him the cake was baked. All he had to do was put the icing on it. I don't know what I don't know what Todd Orlando got down there for him as the interim. Because remember that was Willie Taggart. What Tom Herman is that's a good point. And what Tom Herman has done, he's had success early. Yeah, he won ten games yep. second year here. Yep. U of H won early there. Yep. So my thing is, Tom, when you start winning, yeah. get out of FAU and yep. go get yeah, you go know, to your go next power five. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cause somebody else gonna get fired. Yes. Somebody else gonna get fired at a power five. You gonna get an opportunity. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so I'm happy for Tom Herman. Um, he's the new head coach at Florida Atlantic, and I imagine he'll be bringing a lot of the names we know, for sure. recognizable names. For there. sure. So yeah. I do have a question for you before we there. get on to the next one. If you had the opportunity, would you take Florida Atlantic or would you take South Florida? If if, if those were your options, I know he had other oh, ones. We talk about Florida. Some, yeah, I take South Florida. Okay. That's what I would think line. too. Yeah, that yeah. would have been the one I would have went after. But uh, you know I, what? That but that would have been pressure. about. It's more pressure in South Florida, I think, to win. But that would have been a bad look because then you would have followed the same path of Charlie Strong. Yeah, that wouldn't have been good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You'd have been like, "Damn, is that where Texas coaches go to get recycled?" That is, that, that'd be pretty. That, that yeah. wouldn't have been a so good. So he look. was like, nah, "Nah, don't even call me." Now that might be a bad omen. Yeah, that might be following Charlie bad. like that yeah. again. Yeah. Um, my man Joe Cook points out Charlie Strong's first head coaching gig after Texas was in South Florida, yeah. um, and then he points out that yeah, now Tom Herman's going to Florida. Yeah, uh, also taking over for Willie Taggart both yep. times. Yep, both well, both coaches both those took coaches over to go for Willie yes. Taggart. That's freaky. <laughs> Yeah, that and really that's another guy. Willie Tagger had more opportunities than any court. I mean, any coach that I'd seen, but he was always in that Florida area. Don't forget, mm-hmm. he was at Florida State. For he was at South Florida. For a hot second, he was huh? at Florida Atlantic, and that's who he's replacing right now. That's why Orlando was the interim. Didn't you have a weird thing where he went to Oregon for? He was at Western Kentucky or something. Yeah, he was at Oregon. Didn't he have like an Oregon fiasco and then bam, went right back down south. He was like, well, I need to be back south. Yeah, Yeah. one of those things. You're like, nah, I need to. I I, I I I basically admitted he made the wrong decision. No doubt. No doubt. (laughs) And had a bout face. Yeah, that's interesting. Some guys just interview well, too. Um, For and sure. I think Willie Taggart might be one of those people. Tom Herman probably interviews well. Uh, but Tom Herman, like I said, I think he's a good coach. He's got to learn to value this and learn to be a program builder, getting back to FAU, getting back to the bases. Yeah. I think Hart is right about that. All right, let's talk about Brendan Marion. Speaking of the uh, coaching carousel, mm-hmm. uh, Brendan Marion, who came in this year uh, from Pittsburgh to coach wide receivers for Texas, um, he is reportedly from my friends over at Horns 24-7. I believe it's Taylor Estes, so shout out to her, uh, yep. that she is reporting that he is interviewing for the Tulsa head coaching job. That is, and now mm-hmm. we, uh, I think we suspected this was going to happen, and it was rumored to be happening, but uh, she's actually giving us the report that he is indeed interviewing for the job. And I believe she also points out that if he's offered the job, he's going to take it. Right. 
No, he's likely to. I don't think she just flat out says that's but that's the her opinion, um, I believe, is that basically he if he was off the gig that he would take it. And GM and he he and GJ Kinney, the incarnate word yes. head coach, uh look to be two of the front runners for the position. GJ Kinney has at least been a head coach before. Brennan Marion has never been a head coach. I love me some Brendan Marion. Everybody knows that. Yep. I have advocated for Brendan Marion to get hired on these airways five times, and it happened the fifth time. Yeah, it, it finally, finally happened <laughs> yeah. the fifth times. Yeah. Uh, I when they when Tom Herman initially hired Andre Coleman, I went on there uh, before then. I was like, you should hire this guy, Brendan Marion. He would be a better coach than Andre Coleman. Uh, they hired Andre Coleman anyway. Uh, then when uh, <laughs> basically Sark came in, and he. Retained Andre Coleman, yes, and did. I said on his airway, that's a mistake. You should not retain Andre Coleman. And I suggested you should hire Brendan Marion anyway. Then he fires Andre Coleman. I suggested he, uh, he's like, hey, you got to bring in this guy. Uh, actually, not to the back. Remember, Stan Drayton left. Stan Drayton. That's when I actually advocated for him to get hired as the running backs coach because he had coached running backs before. Um, then they hired uh, to short choice, which was a really good move. Um, and then they hired uh, Brendan Marriott after I also suggested they hire him again as he fired Andre Coleman. So I love me some Brendan Marion. Love his go-go offense. I do think this year he added more to the offensive um, philosophy more so than he did uh, from a developmental standpoint for the wide receivers. I will admit, I keep it real, even when keeping it real goes wrong. Um, yeah. If it was a crime, I'd be in jail. Uh, <laughs> he, that's why wide receivers regressed. We all saw it. I mean, yeah. that's just the eye test. But the offense, especially from a two-back set, a two-tailback set, I think it flourished. I gave you the information yesterday. You were averaging over eight yards per play. Right. And your 21 personnel, a lot of those concepts were go-go concepts that you collaborated on with Brendan Marion because now 16%, at least this season, 16%, uh, I think around 11, actually close to 11.6% of your snaps were around there were 21 personnel. And last year, hell, you were around, what, 6%? Yeah. Um, so I think it added a lot, and I think it was because of Brennan Marion. So he did add a lot to the uh, to the season offensively for Texas. But, yeah, he's a fast riser, which means he's not going to stay at one place long. Yeah, and that's that's good for him. If he gets an opportunity and he does take this, that is what we, you and I have been talking about. If you're, if you're one of these guys that is used to calling plays and then all of a sudden you turn yourself into a position coach, that is not the fast track that you were once looking nope. at. You're one of the top coaches and one of the highly coveted mm-hmm. coaches that was in the game. That's why you came to the University of Texas. Now you get this opportunity. You you have to take it. Unless unless there's others. But you're a former player there. You're a former player. You there. used to play there yep. and you got some skins on the wall mm-hmm. in that community. Why not go there, especially in this day and age where you have that chance to try to lay your foundation? Now, the thing that I've always talked about in these situations, you also have to know what you're up against when you walk into that door. What is the support going to be like? Mm -hmm. What am I going to have access to so I can come in to compete? And again, just like I just said about Tom Herman, what is in the cupboard? What do we have in there that I could cook with? I don't know what what we have in there. So now I have to go out there and hit this ground running. But 
we all know we consider him one of the best recruiters that is out there. So he may be able to pull some strings mm-hmm. and get some quality type players. Yeah, no, there's I, a I, lot from Texas that jumped in the portal too. By the way, that's true. No, you very, it's a saying? good point. Um, and obviously Tulsa, they're they're prioritizing kind of Tulsa Tulsa guys. Yep. Because DJ Kenny, uh, he played at Tulsa after transferring from Texas, uh, and also you look at Brendan Marion who played there too and had a great career. We don't mm-hmm. talk enough about his college uh, stats, but I still think he's like a record holder. Right. Like like an NCAA record holder, I yeah. believe too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the guy was a bowler. I um, mean, I think he's got enough passion. Uh, he can recruit. He can relate to the young people. He's just never been a head coach before. Uh, but these days, that matters less and less. Let's be honest. At every level. It matters yeah. less and less at every level. No doubt. And I think it matters less and less overall. I mean, we used to be one of those like, think about even our the political uh, shift. Like, experiencing the political realm used mm-hmm. to really matter. Yeah. And now it doesn't. Like, our President Trump had no experience as a politician, and people, that he, they praised him for that. We want like, something uh, different. They want something different, right? Yep. Go in there and drain the swamp. Yep. Uh, remember, Obama didn't have much uh, experience as a true politician, as a statesman. And they were like, man, you're too inexperienced to run for president. It's like, nah, nah, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, so I just think all across society, we've kind of had a shift where experience doesn't matter like it used to. Everybody wants the new innovative ideas like the NFL, right? Yep. New young coach. Some guys don't even ha- never coach before, period. Yeah. So Jeff Saturday now is getting the job coaching. Hell, hell Trent Dilfer just got a job. Going from the analyst booth, yeah, to now UAB. UAB. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care. But he age. did coach high school football. Right. He was working at one of those private. Rob schools. B needs to go coach Austin I, High I'll some for a little while. You, and oh, what's going? Give me a go little something. Get a little something. Get a little something on yeah. the resume. And apparently, I can have that. You know that that bump. Just get a little smidget on there, bro. And my man Shano bring me up, man. Yeah, take about quality control. That's all I need to do. Yeah, quality that's it. control. Quality Start control, with Mike man. McDaniel started. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you can draw it up. Man, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's out there. These days it is. For sure. I thought it was something like, oh, man, I need like 10 years experience to get nah, the coaching. No, not anymore. You got to know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. And I know them You somebody's. know quite a few people. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Throw it out there. Uh, all right, let's talk about Xavier Worthy because uh, this is an interesting story. We talked about it yesterday, and I'm uh, this report I saw today, and I'll give I think my man Chip Brown Chip Brown some credit, uh, mm-hmm. and also the Football Brainiac. So there's two separate reports I want to reference here. Yep. So first report from my man Chip Brown, always doing a great job over there at Horns 24/7. My man Mike Harris used to do a show. Yep, Chip yep, Brown, yep, yep. so uh, you know Chip really well, man. He does good work. Um, he's got sources on top of sources on top of sources, mm-hmm. and he said his sources, or at least one of his sources around the program, said that Worthy is now leaning towards staying mm-hmm. with the Longhorns mm-hmm. in 2023, which means at one point he was leaning the other way. Yeah, that, that means that everybody <laughs> was right. Let me go back. Should I go back and check the social real quick? <laughs> like, like, if I'm Let looking, me go and check the if, social. If the, if the source say, okay, if the source is right, this reading – you know, the yeah, yeah, the report, yeah. obviously, literally, word for word, that he's leaning towards staying. Then at one point, he wasn't leaning towards staying? Facts. Or at least he was undecided at one point? It was, was yeah, he was maybe undecided is more Maybe undecided is probably a, a, uh, oh, a more accurate way to throw it out there. Got a new picture up. He's got a new picture up? Got a new picture up. He's wow. back in there and actually has a picture on his story now. Oh, here we go. All Big 12. Mo, uh, Brendan Marion put posted something, so he's back in the game. And there's a new, there's a car. There's a car there. So it's an NIL deal there. So it's an NIL deal there because he had once scrubbed his entire Instagram yep. of all the photos of yeah. him with cars and all and all the photos, and there was just a photo of him making a heart symbol with his mm-hmm. hands. 
And now you're saying there are new photos, and one of them is a car, which is likely an NIL endorsement. Very much so. It's which like means, as a former, okay. NIL, it was one of his old right. pictures. He put it back up there. Okay. So he looks like he's back in the game. All right. Hey. We don't, I, yeah, man. I love that now you can passive aggressively <laughs> negotiate via social media. Yeah, I'm gonna take this off, but I'm gonna put it. Back. Remember, Colin Murray did that. Oh, for sure. Like so, that's a that's a tactic now yeah. that, that teams are using. Uh, the football brainiacs at uh, Texas reported uh, also that um, they were hearing that uh, Worthy might start might be starting to lean towards sticking around on the mm-hmm. forty acres instead mm-hmm. of entering the portal. But I guess these reports are also. You know, it's suggesting that he was at one time either undecided or thinking about leaving. Whenever they put in there is thinking about leaning towards sticking around, yeah. you're 1,000% correct. Okay. What what other thing were you doing? Oh, I was out there checking it out to see what mm. else I could do. So you obviously were thinking about leaving, and which which is why all the stories surfaced. That's why he scrubbed his social media. And when I say scrub it, it wasn't just taking down mm-hmm. Texas information. He took down Everything. Everything. Except for one picture. Uh, And Chip Brown also reporting that Worthy wanted to be showcased and compete for a championship. Huh. Um, But he said since then, Texas has put on a full-court press. Um, And since then, Worthy is thinking about staying. My question is, if you actually Mm -hmm. were thinking that you weren't being loved, go and look at the targets that you got. Show, Show me the love. Show me the love. Oh, I was targeted 14 times in a game where we weren't even getting no completion. And you was doubled half and the time? And you were doubled? And I, mean, I like, still threw it to you. Yeah, and I was still trying to find a way to get you the ball, bro. That's, that's love. I mean, I don't know what love is, but love should have brought you home last night. <laughs> <laughs> and now you got it. I think love is bringing him back home, yeah. but uh, I think it's also a little bit of straight cash, homie. Yeah. Oh, Let's be sure. honest here. So, uh, sure. I'm glad that he's uh, – they got to they gotta have him. You can't lose Bijan, Rojo, and X-Men. No, that would have been a lot. Yeah. You you're not you're not gonna recover not, you're not gonna recover <laughs> offensively if you right lose there. Yeah. yeah those three pieces you're gonna lose two of those pieces yeah. we believe yeah, um, definitely man. Rojo but I think Bijan's gone too but if you lose X Man you can't afford to do that so and if um, you lose X Man you possibly could be losing Jay Witt because he did participate yeah in we don't know about Jay Witt either you know yeah. what I'm saying that so would have been that, I, that cupboard would have been bare exactly I think yeah. if they had more coming back say it was Bijan's sophomore year or something yeah. they'd be like ah oh, you know what we can afford to play hardball you can't yeah you need X Man yeah. Give that, give that man his money. Yeah, fair. In this, fair in this day and age. I was just going to say, and we're sitting over here, yeah, pay him. Yeah, what? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? This is, the, this is the world we live in. Hey, Everybody over there talk about not pay Dak, but we talk about paying a, hey. a, a college wide receiver. Don't hate the player. Hate, <laughs> hate the, the game. game all right. Uh, all right. Um, we'll come back. We'll get into some Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets. I also want to talk about uh, the Thursday night football game tonight and look ahead to the Week 13 uh, NFL weekend. It is going to be a doozy. It's going to be a great weekend. We'll talk about it, preview it right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, and based on the song selections, we're supposed to guess exactly what the new theme of the day is. Harge already did it. Uh, it is a tribute, an homage to Ozzy Osbourne, who will be celebrating a birthday coming up on Saturday. Uh, so Ozzy Osbourne in a short, abbreviated, uh, truncated edition of Ball Don't Lie. We're going to be off at 530 and give you up to the pregame for Texas basketball. Huge matchup between Texas and Creighton, Texas men's basketball team in Creighton. So we'll uh, get back to previewing that at the top of the 5 o'clock and then we're out at 5.30. But I want to get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets while we have a chance. You got a big matchup tonight uh, between the Bills and the Patriots for Thursday night football. And um, the this is random little betting stats here, but they get, I think you can tell you a lot. Josh Allen, he has a 5-2-1 against the spread record versus Bill Belichick. The only quarterback with a better against the spread record versus Bill Belichick is Eli Manning. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty. That's, that's a great stat. Uh, the Bills are, I believe it, last time I checked, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Patriots. Remember, they're on the road, though. Um, and Josh Allen, he's been throwing a lot of picks. He's actually tied for the NFL leading picks. That's concerning going up against a Patriots defense especially that Patriots secondary. And you know Bill Belichick will have something designed up because he knows Josh Allen really well. And the Buffalo Bills are really banged up. Mm. So that is something to watch. I'll still take the Bills uh, in this game. And and if I'm looking at it and I want to, you know, ask, you know, really, I'll ask you guys about it because I think the Buffalo Bills, I'm not sure they're the best 8-3 and team in the NFL anymore. I, I was positive they were probably three weeks ago before the injuries piled up and before seeing the ascent of Miami and seeing the ascent of Dallas. Those are your three eight and three teams in the NFL. I'm not sure if Buffalo's the better eight and three team. Do you think they're feeling that loss of Brian Dayball? Yeah, a little bit. Well, it looks like Josh Allen is. Yeah, he's definitely regressing a little bit, right? Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. pretty obvious. Um, he's playing more uh, erratic. He, there, there was a consistency to his game when Dabo, Dabo was there. He seemed like he was more comfortable within that offense, and now he just doesn't seem to have uh, that same rhythm within the offense. But he's still dangerous. I mean, Josh Allen is still a freak that you have to account for on every down, whether as a runner and as a passer. So I, I'll take Josh Allen to his freakish uh, skill set, but I would not be surprised at the Patriots if they're defensively, they made them struggle. And I believe Von Miller has been placed on IR. Yep, he has that knee. Uh, I don't know if they confirmed whether it was a torn ACL or a sprain, Ooh. but I just know that they uh, they placed him on IR. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they got a lot of injuries on the, the defense side of the ball for Buffalo. So that would be the concern. But I, I really like the Buffalo Bills in that matchup instead of picking the Patriots. And the Patriots will be – they will probably be the more desperate team. I say that. The Bills have struggled a little bit too. Um, the Patriots in that division – all right, this could be a big weekend, could be a separator because everybody in that division has got big games. That's a big game between two division rivals. But then you have uh, Miami, which they're playing probably the premier matchup of the NFL weekend, in my opinion. 7-4 and four San Fran hosting 8-3 and three Miami. That is as sexy as it gets. you got the, the familiarity between Mike McDaniel, who is a, him and my man Shannon are best friends. They go way, way back, like eight tracks to his time with the Texans. Unfortunately, I told you guys yesterday, Texans, at one point on that staff, they had, <laughs> Rob, at the same time, they had Robert Sella, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur, and Kyle Shanahan on that staff. 
it was like 06 to 08 around that time. Mike Vrabel was later on, but at one time, nobody in the Texas organization saw that that think tank, that group, you know what I mean, that group and said, you know, one of you guys, we're going to turn you into our developmental coaching waiting or something like that. I wish somebody would have because all those guys end up being pretty good head coaches. But I digress. You'll have Mike McDaniel going up against my man Shano, and Shano's really good uh, against his former, you know, mentees, if you will, uh, he's been really good going up against Sean McVay. I believe he's 9-4 and four versus Sean McVay. Mm, uh, even going up against Matt LaFleur. Uh, he has a winning record versus Matt LaFleur. Mike McDaniel, different beast altogether because that Miami Dolphins offense is prolific. You're talking about the number three offense in the NFL versus the number one defense. San Fran, best defense in the league. Uh, they are the leading scoring defense right now and total defense. Uh, and if you look at their second halves, they've been shutting out opponents in the second half of games since week eight. <laughs> so since week eight, they've allowed zero points in the second half of their games. And their opposing quarterbacks have a 58 passer rating in the second half and averaging 4.4 yards per attempt versus that San Fran D in the second half. Ever since Kansas City put it on them. And they mollywopped them in the second half. And they scored like 30 on them in the second half. D'Amico Ryan's group has been not only the best defense in the NFL, but the best second-half defense in the league, too. That's going to be something to watch. Because if, if Miami even scores a point on them in the second half, then you know that they, that they can win the chess match within the game with D'Amico Ryan's. At least Mike McDaniel can. And he'll have a lot. D'Amico Ryan's will have a lot of help because Shano knows that offense in and out. And he knows a lot of the personnel in and out, too. Raheem Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson now on that team. He knows some of those guys because Mike McDaniel brought some of that talent from him from San Fran. So I cannot wait to watch it. That, to me, is must-watch television. And look at the, 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 the weaponry, right, for Miami. Tyreek Hill leads the NFL. Look, listen to this stat. This is a great stat. He leads the NFL in both receptions and receiving yards. 87 receptions for over 1,233 yards. Um. He also leads the NFL in yards gained on pass interferences, on pass interference calls with 130. <laughs> so he, he is a, he's an absolute matchup nightmare for any defensive back. But not only is he the leader uh, in receiving yards and reception in the NFL, Jalen Waddle in receiving yards, he's fifth. They're both top five. Easily the most, de- the most dangerous receiving duo in the NFL, and it ain't even close. And what does that mean for Tua? Leading the NFL in passer rating. Here, how about this nugget? Highest passer rating on third down since they started keeping track of passer rating on downs since 19, in 1991. And this is now this is makes the stat even better for you Dolphins fans out there. I don't know how many we got, but I thought it was it was so cool. I wanted to make sure we I, I shared it with you guys. So his 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 third down passer rating is the highest single season passer rating on third down since they started keeping play by play data in 1991. It's a hundred is one is one forty five point six. Steve Young is second all time at one forty one point two. That was in nineteen ninety four. Kurt Warner third all time. Um, third down passer rating, 137.3. That was in 1999. Young and Warner both won regular season and Super Bowl MVPs in those seasons. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. 
That's a wild stat. But just throwing it out there, Tua is playing at a really high level. And I can't wait to watch it because it'll it'll be tested uh, to the nth degree, if you will, against this San Fran uh, defense. And also, you might get a headache if you have uh, epilepsy, like I do. I've been diagnosed with epilepsy. You might want to, uh, you know, turn the lights off. There's gonna be a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of eye candy. It could it could end up giving you a headache, man, or getting you really dizzy. The, these teams are both first and second. They are one and two in pre-snap motion. 75% for the Dolphins, 71% for the 49ers, essentially running the same offense. Uh, the 49er offense essentially is more multiple. It's about positionless football and multiplicity. Uh, that's the emphasis there. The Dolphins, it's about speed. That's the emphasis there. Same offensive scheme and system, just uh, in different, um, different emphasis, different things they prioritize. All right, for, for Manchano, it's about Debo Samuel being able to play multiple positions, him and Christian McCaffrey and Kittle. Like I said, the positionless football. And for the Dolphins, it's just the old Shanahan running scheme, but it's the fastest team in the NFL. It's a, it's a, it's a, track, it's a track team, <laughs> and most, most NFL defenses can't keep up. All right, so that's why that's a really intriguing matchup. Another one that I can't wait for is the Eagles and the Titans. And by the way, this weekend, three games that are going to pair first-place teams head-to-head. All right? That's something that we haven't seen in a while. You go Tennessee at Philly, Miami at San Fran, and then Kansas City at Cincinnati. Um, so really kind of really looking forward to all those games. But the Eagles, at, the Eagles and the Titans won. That's interesting because the Titans have – Derrick Henry, who is the unstoppable force. But the Eagles' rush defense has actually, the last week, I should say, or it's been their um, biggest issue all season long. And since they picked up Linville Joseph and Adama Kungsu, it hadn't been long, it's been a couple of weeks, um, they've already seen the benefits of their rush defense improving when Adama Kungsu and Linville Joseph are in the game. Uh, and they picked those guys up uh, before that Colts game. And the Colts game was the uh, – it was actually the first time they didn't allow a team to rush for 100 yards since week four. They are, and when Jordan Davis comes back, their first-round pick at number 13, it'll be even better. You'll be able to rotate all your run stuffers and, and potentially play them at the same time. So – that rush defense, or at least the improved rush defense, will be tested versus Derrick Henry and the bully ball mentality of the Tennessee Titans. Nobody plays bully ball better than the Titans, and that's the only way to really beat the Eagles is to play bully ball against them. That's what Washington did. They just ran it. Washington just kept running the football. We ran for, I believe, 152 yards. The Texans, remember, Texans ran for 168 yards. That was all after the ankle sprain for Jordan Davis. They put him on IR, and that's when their rush defense falls off a cliff. But it it has now been, I think, remedied with the recent acquisitions. Also keep in mind, the Eagles' rush defense, I'm sorry, their rushing offense, man, it is, it's getting better and now more and more potent. And I can't see, I can't wait to see what schematic adjustments Mike Vrabel makes to try to combat that Eagles uh, rushing offense because it's lethal and he's a hell of a coach, especially on the defensive side of the ball, comes up with some really creative game plans and some really creative uh, coverages and pressure packages. The Eagles versus the Packers had 363 rushing yards. That was the most in a game by Philadelphia since 1948. 
they are clicking on all cylinders when it comes to the running game. It's because of Jalen Hurts, right? He, he uh, another game in their last game, he ran for he's the first player since 1950 to have at least 150 rushing yards and 150 passing yards and multiple TDs in the game. You got to take one of those elements away from Jalen Hurts. You can't let him be a dynamic passer and also a dynamic rusher. So you got to take one of his elite traits away. And it it may be easier to try to take away the the passing game before the Eagles <clears throat> rather than their run, <clears throat> excuse me their running game because their running game is extremely potent. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into off the record on the other side. Uh, Patrick Mahomes told a story about him being drafted, and he told um, a story about how him cheating on a test basically may have led to the Kansas City Chiefs deciding he was their quarterback of the future. Um, so I guess cheating does pay and sometimes it does. Uh, Kyler Murray also in a bit of beef with another uh, NFL player, former teammate. We'll talk about that and more and off the record right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 number. DD Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get it. Bring the head comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time to get to uh, off the record here. We have some uh, news to get to, breaking news. We'll do that coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock. Also, we'll discuss Texas men's basketball, big matchup versus Creighton, and we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock. And also, we're done. It's our last segment of the day. Uh, and Then we'll give you up to the pregame for the Texas uh, men's basketball game versus the Creighton uh, Blue Jays. All right, before we do that, Let's get to off the record. We got two pieces of audio to play here, both uh, relating to quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the NFL. The first is Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes went on the Kelsey Brothers podcast. I'm not sure exactly what it's called, but Jason and Travis Kelsey have a podcast, and they brought on Patrick Mahomes, and he told several stories. Now, here's a little cut-up of those stories, and one of these stories was a little shocking, and it it, it actually – it shows you why all Kansas City Chiefs fans owe a huge debt of gratitude to Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy may be the most um, unappreciated or underappreciated Kansas City Chiefs coach, assistant, or head in Kansas City Chiefs history, and you'll hear why. The first day that I met Coach Reed was at the facility. We had like the uh, meetings, like the top 30 visits. So I was in there for like five hours. Just He's just going grilled. through plays, going through plays. And uh, I'm going to give you all the inside scoop. Matt Nagy, who was the offensive coordinator then, he really liked me. So he gave me the plays they were going to go over the night before. So Coach Reed's finding out here live on New Heights podcast. Oh, my gosh. Matt Nagy. <laughs> How could you? Let's go. And yeah, so of course I crushed the meeting. I stayed up all night studying those plays. It's like, man, this kid is locked in. We got ourselves a winner here. <laughs> As the process went on, I got a feeling that I was kind of going up in the draft. I had a couple of teams that said they were going to draft me, and I mean, that's true. Like, it's not like these coaches are making that up. I talked to them 
uh, during the draft process, and they were like, hey, if you're there, we're going we're gonna to take you. I kind of gave a little inside info to the, the Chiefs. I was like, hey, if y'all let me go anywhere below. At the time, I didn't know about the Saints, but I was like, if y'all let me go 12 or below, I'm going to get drafted by someone else. You drafted yourself? And so I gave the Chiefs a little bit of info on that because I wanted to be here. Let's go! Wow. Uh, there you go. Um, gave, Matt Nagy, the real MVP, gave him – all of the plays that Andy Reid was going to be drilling him about uh, in their five-hour interview, he nailed it, and they thought, man, this guy, he's worth us trading up in the draft. We got to get this guy. And I'll say this, it's not all about what Patrick Mahomes did in that interview. Uh, Veach, the, um, the GM for the Kansas City Chiefs, fell in love with Patrick Mahomes like, while he was at Tech. He went, in, in the game that he said that he went to, was actually a blowout loss for Patrick Mahomes at Tech. It was to Iowa State. It was a blowout loss to uh, go look. I think it's the worst loss he actually had in college. A blowout loss, and apparently Patrick Mahomes got hurt in the game and battled through it and played through injury. And basically, the GM said the way he handled himself during that game um, gave him a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes. And then Andy Reid says that entire you know period from. You know, Patrick Mahomes being draft eligible until they drafted him, that the GM would send him clips of Patrick Mahomes. Just little random highlights of Patrick Mahomes doing crazy Patrick Mahomes-like stuff. And Andy Reid would often get aggravated and annoyed by it. Like, hey, man, I got to work. Quit sending me clips of Patrick Mahomes. But he would keep sending them because he was obsessed with them too. So it's uh, it's not just what he did, but it seems like there were a lot of – it was serendipitous. There are a lot of moving parts, and the football gods seem to all be working to get Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid. And I think we all are. We should, we, all, we should all be grateful for that. That's like, I mean, that's like Eminem finding Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? That's like when you get that those types of talents when they get together. That's like when Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson got together. It was like, boom! I'm about to make history. That's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So I'm happy that you know Matt Nagy gave him the answer to the test, and I'm happy that all of it worked out where he's there with Andy Reid. Uh, okay, let's get to another quarterback who's uh, he's not doing as well as Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes just had a baby, too, so congrats to Patrick. Uh, he's killing it. And I believe he might be leading the MVP race now. Who's ahead of Patrick Mahomes I in the mean, MVP race? it would have to be Hurst. Jalen Hurst? be the only other one yeah. there. So. That's a good point. It could be him and Hurst, but he's definitely up there in that discussion. He ain't quietly quietly going about it. Uh, Kyler Murray, nothing quiet about him. Uh, but this is actually not audio of Kyler Murray. It's actually audio of Patrick Peterson. He has a, a, a pod, man, all these players have podcasts now. This is kind of wild. Uh, but he has a podcast with, I believe it's McFadden, the DB? The former DB for the Steelers, I want to say. Yes, and, um, you're correct. Yep, I, yeah, I, I can see it now. And they have a they have a podcast together. And remember, at one time, uh, Patrick Peterson was a teammate of Kyler Murray as well. He had uh, this to say. We'll just play the audio, and then we can comment after. Yeah, you think Cliff Kingsbury may be the scapegoat in regards to their struggles? Ain't no maybe. He will. He will be. Yeah, yeah he will be. Uh-huh. He will be. And the crazy thing about it, the guy who hired him will still have a job. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds about right. I, I Initially, I was thinking that they probably would stick with him because of the contractual agreement he has. But now, just seeing how bad they've been, and they man, they start fired court. a coach after 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 a season, man. Yeah, and he signed he signed that extension last March. But see, just verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about 
and and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately, but it tells me he doesn't care about the head coach, his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying- Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. Well, well, yeah, well, I, I got it. <laughs> so... <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't argue that I don't know him personally. You played with him for a few years, so I got to take your word for it. You could tell Brian McFadden at the time was like, "Oh, you you want to open that door, bro? You don't have to do that." He, you he he could tell he was a little surprised and taken aback, like, "Oh, you going you you know this is going viral when you said that, right? He's gonna hear this," and it didn't seem like Patrick Peterson cared. Kyler Murray's response via social media: uh, "This isn't true. You own some weird ish." And he actually added Patrick Peterson. He said, you got my number. If you really felt like this as a big bro or mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. Kind of got a point. He does have a point with that. That, that, that. that is valid. I totally get that. I will say for, you know, for Patrick Peterson, yeah, he is trying to keep it real on his podcast. right? You want to be in the media, you got to keep it real. And trust me, there are relationships like myself, <laughs> they're going to suffer as a result of it. You know that Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan don't speak anymore? Is this something Chuck said? or Yeah. Oh. It was his job. They stopped speaking 10 years ago. Wow. I can see. I, I, we can play the sound of it. I just heard him on an interview, and he's like, no, me and Michael Jordan haven't spoken in 10 years. I love Ten Chuck years. on the air, too. He's great, but yeah. keeping it real. When yeah. keeping it real goes wrong. Now, this is not, not a Chappelle skit. It, it is a Chappelle skit, but not just a Chappelle skit. It happens all over media all the time. When keeping it real goes wrong, if you want to be a member of the media, you want to keep it real. And he was keeping it real about Kyler Murray in at least what he thinks is the real thing or the uh, the truth about Kyler Murray. And, yeah, Kyler Murray came back at him. And I think Kyler Murray makes a good point, but there's more. there are more of these stories adding to the negative narrative about Kyler Murray. There are more people saying negative things like Patrick Peterson than there are saying positive things about Kyler Murray. Who's out there saying something positive about Kyler Murray? It's rare. There's more negative stuff out about Kyler Murray. He's got to... He's got he's to shift that narrative. You don't like people are saying you got to change the conversation. He's got to change the conversation about himself. It's a negative one right now. And I, it, and I like Kyler Murray. But you would have to admit the perception about Kyler Murray is a negative one right now. All right. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, Texas basketball conversation. We'll preview that. We got some other stories that are breaking right now. So we'll give you the breaking news on the other side. And then we'll wrap it up and put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.